Welcome to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Our mission is to emphasize the importance of preserving historic landmarks for future generations, mental health, physical well-being, and a safe family home environment. We value your monetary support. Here's your host, Benjamin F. Diaz. My guest today speaks of security solutions for any organization to enhance overall safety of students, employees, volunteers, and customers alike. They offer a proactive approach to security and believe that the best defense is a good offense. She is the Manager Director of Hedge Security Solutions, LLC, and here she is, Michelle Cummings. Thank you, Michelle, for joining me in this edition of your Lot and Parcel Show. Very gracious to be with me here today. Um, we can begin by telling us a little bit about you, Michelle, and what it was or is the impetus of what you are doing today, if you would. Well, hi, I'm uh, Michelle Cummings. Um, I'm an Army veteran, and I'm the Managing Director of Hedge Security Solutions, LLC. And what we do is we show schools, businesses, houses of worship, and other organizations how to protect themselves by taking a proactive approach to their security. Mm-hmm. And the reason I started all this is because starting way back when I graduated high school in 93, I immediately went into the U.S. Army. And of course, I was just 17 years old and had never been out in the world. And I was thankful for the intense training that the U.S. Army gave me. And then I went into the Army National Guard in the state of Tennessee. When I arrived in Tennessee, the first active shooter event that I can remember happened, and that was the Columbine High School shooting. And this event touched me very deeply because I had just become a mother. And so I remember that event very vividly. I then moved to Huntsville, Alabama in 2003 for a job. And in 2010, in February of 2010, another mass shooting happened. And this was at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. And that's when Amy um, Bishop, the professor there um, that was meeting with her colleagues, she shot six of her colleagues and three of them died. And so this kind of was too close to home for me. Um, As I saw more and more violence, I I just felt compelled to take action. I began talking with uh, retired police officers and retired military personnel to see what was missing and what could be done about some of these things. Mm -hmm. And everyone that I talked to agreed that the messages of awareness and prevention need to be at the forefront. And so um, fast forward to... Um, now, we we started uh, with retired police officers and military personnel, and one of the, um, the retired police officers that I have at my side is Daniel Dean. He was retired from the, the Huntsville Police Department 25 years. He is my lead security officer, mm-hmm. and uh, we work together to teach organizations, you know, how to proactively prevent these violent events. And so we opened our doors to provide the services that address the need for um, increased security, crime prevention assessments, and training for staff for different organizations. Mm-hmm. We very much believe that the best uh Defense is a good offense, and we focus on um, services that are going to keep a facility from being a soft target for intruders, and we also um, encourage ongoing training for faculty and staff. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So our message is to act and prepare now. We don't want a school or a business to wait until it's too late. Of course, we see this all the time in the news. Oh, yes. And so our mission is to empower schools, businesses, houses of worship, and other organizations to save lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all in this together. And what our company does is guide that organization toward a security plan that best suits them and allows greater peace of mind. And so we're going to provide the tools, the organization's implement the plan, and then students, teachers, employees, staff, patrons, everybody mm-hmm. benefits by becoming safer. Absolutely. I was looking at your website, and I, I'm, I'm, I am impressed by your credentials. Would you share those credentials uh, for the sake of my audience, if you would? Yes. Um, so we have the professional designation mm-hmm. um, for the crime prevention through environmental design, which is the highest de- designation. Um, so we're certified site uh, security assessors through the National Institute of Crime Prevention. And then we're also certified as site security assessors and uh, school security specialists through the American Crime Prevention Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, we are certified alive active shooter instructors and stop the bleed instructors. Mm-hmm. Very good. I, I, I love that. Uh, I love your spirit, uh, Michelle. <laughs> I really do. That's uh, it's incredible. Uh, I think, um, I don't know, maybe it's, uh, will you tell me, uh, what are some of the statistics that underscore our visit today, if you would share some of that with us? So um, mass shootings year over year have increased. So mm-hmm. in um, 2022, there was 646 mass shootings. And in 2023, uh, we had 656 mass shootings. Now, a mass shooting is defined mm-hmm. as four or more killed or injured, not including the shooter. Um, And so that statistic is going to be a little bit different than mass murders. And so the FBI statistics that you'll see, they're specifically looking at mass murders versus mass shootings. Mm -hmm. Now, the mass murders um, we have in 2022 as 36 and in 2023 as 40. Now, the difference in the definition is that mass murders are where four or more are actually killed, not including the shooter. So mass shootings are where they are either killed or injured. Mass murders are um, four or more killed. Mm-hmm. And then so we also have, um, I like to look at the statistics of children because we look at mm-hmm. um school shootings in particular. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the number of children under the age of 11 that were killed in 2022 was 315. And that went down a little bit in 2023. So Mm -hmm. um, in this past year, we had 297 children that were killed. So still a high number, too high. Um, So it's still something to look at, but it did drop just a little bit. And I think that schools are starting to implement greater protocols um, and so, and those are some of the things that we teach. Mm-hmm. We help them along that that process with their security plan. But yes, the numbers of um, children passing away has um, has decreased some. And then the other statistic that we do look at is the number of officers killed that year, mm-hmm. um, because of course they are the ones that are responding to um, these violent uh, um, events. And so, in twenty twenty two, we had four hundred and twelve officers killed, mm-hmm. and then in twenty twenty three, we had four hundred and twenty officers killed. Wow. And I apologize, that's killed or injured. So both, killed right. or injured in uh, the line of duty. 
Well, it's tragic. Uh, you know, of course, there is a spectrum when it comes to crime, Michelle. So would you say that across the board, things are increasingly getting more dangerous? Or is there any decrease of crime in certain aspects of our daily lives? Um, absolutely. Crime is increasing across the oh. board. And a lot of that has to do with attitudes towards crimes. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the um, the behaviors of criminals are they're realizing that um, they can get away with more and mm. uh, people are very apprehensive about uh, reporting crime. And so that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today sure. um, about denial. Um, so a lot of things will happen and some things that you're seeing right in front of your face, you mm -hmm. know, these behaviors um, and people won't report them because they don't want to be that one or they're afraid that um, something might come back to them because mm -hmm. they have reported something. And so that is a big part of it. And even this, um, you know, idea of, you know, the, the Good Samaritan, you know, there's people that are, you know, afraid of actually getting in trouble for, for reaching out and being part of that event and right. in, in general. And so they fail to report or they fail to get involved or make that phone call. Um, they, they just won't. And so um, there's a lot more of it occurring because even though people witness the behaviors that lead up to it, they're mm -hmm. just not coming forward and talking about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I know it's uh, ubiquitous. Uh, in fact, uh, just over the weekend, my wife was over at the uh, Macy's uh, store here where we live. And um, she saw a woman just, just barging right through, coming out of the the, the, uh, the main floor and out into the parking lot. Well, I mean, with handfuls, armfuls of clothing. And no one stopped her. Not one. Uh, I just talked about that same thing the other day. It, hmm. It's just that um people don't want to be involved and the liability mm -hmm. is really on the store and mm -hmm. so um and there have been cases where uh the security guard or whoever is in charge over there has run out to try to stop them and if they've jumped on them or harmed them in some way they get sued and so there is that fear of just getting involved in general. And so what they do is they just write it off to insurance. And that happens at, at our local Home Depot. They'll just pile um, tons of tools into a buggy and mm -hmm. get ready to run out the door. And then they have an accomplice waiting for them. My goodness. Things are really upside down right now, uh, Michelle. I, I, I don't know what's going to, uh, whether legislation needs to get involved a little more or, 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 or at least enforce what they have in the books uh, already. I don't, what are your thoughts on that? I I believe that um, we need to protect the reporters. Um, I think that um, we need to protect the businesses. Mm -hmm. I think that there should be some things in place, you know, that doesn't push the liability um, back on that business. Um, I understand if... Um, someone has exhibited maybe excessive force or something like that. I think that's where that comes in. But mm -hmm. if, if someone breaks into your personal residence, you should be able to use appropriate force. Sure. And it should not fall back on the individual that now you're liable because you've harmed somebody. They were committing a crime. And I think that what happens in retail, if they're running outside of the store, it's like they're outside. They're not, um, harming you physically and so the law looks at it 
like um, you cannot inflict harm. Mm. So it's um, equal or greater force. So if they're pointing a weapon at you, then and you have a weapon, then you can kind of consider, you know, the equal or greater force. Um, but if they're just stealing something and they're running away, you know, the law looks at that like, well, they're outside the facility. They're not um, trying to harm anyone. And so and and the business has a loss. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think here in California, where I, I'm located, uh, I believe they have a, um, what is it, at a $950, uh, if you're beyond or below that, uh, I'm not sure what, whether it's a misdemeanor or just a, a slap on the wrist. I'm not sure, but they get away with it. Uh, in fact, I've heard kids taking their uh, calculator into the stores <laughs> to make mm-hmm. sure. Is that crazy or what, Michelle? My oh, yeah. I, I have lots of stories because I'm also a certified fraud examiner. And I could um, fraud oh, cases my. are my thing. So oh, I could tell you lots of stories about that. Mm. Um, but that would probably be for another time because I could yes. go on and on about oh, that. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. So your, your training, uh, who is this training for, if, if I may ask? So we have different um, types of training. And mm. so our our class on situational awareness, this is for everyone. This mm. training is appropriate for everyone because it applies to everyone, everywhere, in every situation. Um, so this training is to just create awareness um, in every activity that you have throughout the day, um, mm. whether you're going to church or work or an extra extracurricular activity, mm-hmm. um, whatever it is you're doing, um, we want to teach you how to be aware um, of everything going on around you so that you sure. can identify risk and take action if needed. And a lot of the problems are that we, we're in our phone all the time. Mm-hmm. And so there was a study done that uh, people that are looking at their phone and they're walking and texting at the same time, mm-hmm. they just lose um, all of this um, perception around them. And so, um, and the the potential for someone to harm you is high. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we we lose the statistic is uh, we miss forty eight percent of the visual cues that come our way if we are walking wow. and texting at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so, how often does that happen? We're always in our phones, yes, we are. always. Yeah. And so, of course, they're making laws that you can't, um, you know, text and drive or or um, have even. Um, talk on the phone and drive anymore Um, and it's for the same reason is you lose um, that perception around you and and um, cause accidents all right Mm -hmm. so uh, when we are walking and texting if there is somebody lurking behind a corner or somebody that's there to harm you you're not paying attention Mm -hmm. and they they proved that they had some study where um, they put a guy in a gorilla suit and leaned him up against the wall and had people walking by him. And then there would be somebody to stop him and say, hey, did you see that guy in the gorilla suit there? And they look back and then they start laughing and like, no, I didn't see him. <laughs> oh you know, so they, yeah, so they put somebody that that's obviously in an oh outrageous boy. costume out there to see if they, they pay attention. And mm-hmm. of course, um, most people did not. Mm-hmm. And um, so what we're trying to do is to make yourself safe. We want you to pay attention in all situations. And so from a individual perspective, this is, um, you know, it's needed for everyone. But when you're in a corporate situation or in a school, this is vital Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. more eyes on the situation is going to provide the greater opportunity to identify those risks and then report. So Mm -hmm. we want that to happen. 
And so um, we want people to identify um, individuals that have drastic changes in behavior. Are they posting on social media? Um, are they, um, does somebody witness them purchasing a weapon or ammunition? Or do they have some kind of obsession with known shooters? Mm -hmm. And they may be at the school, like recruiting other people to join them in their little uh, planned active shooter event. You are listening to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Please tell a friend and support the educational program by leaving us a rating or review. We thank you in advance. We are visiting with the Manager Director of Hedge Security Solutions, LLC, today. They provide a multi-approach to security that makes a facility a hard target without appearing to be a fortress. In fact, their training program will exponentially increase your survival in an active shooter situation. And to learn more of their services, you will find the link in the show notes. Let's get back with Michelle Cummings. Now, when you say, when you speak of schools, uh, Michelle, are we talking about the teachers, the staff, or do you also include students? Well, you know, students can be trained as well. And so we let, um, we kind of let that be the decision of the school. And um, because not all parents want their kids to have um, some of this training, you know, because some of it can be kind of intense. And so if the school chooses to have, you know, um, this kind of training, now this is the, uh, the lower level training. So situational awareness, kind of just being aware of what's mm -hmm. going on around you. It's great for teenagers, you know, so mm -hmm. you're not talking on your phone and something bad happens. Um, but this is a before and after shooter event occurs. So this is the before class. Um, and so it's a little bit on the, the, um, the more preventative side and it's mm -hmm. a little bit lighter than, you know, what you would see in the, the active shooter. Cause the active shooter, the alive active shooter training is when you are in the middle of it, this is during an event. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is, um, alive stands for assess, leave, impede violence and expose. Mm -hmm. And so you assess the situation. We try to get you away from it. You know, you leave the area, you try to get away. Um, if you cannot get away, we want you to impede the bad guy. Okay, so put something in his way, block mm -hmm. the doors. Mm -hmm. um, if that doesn't stop him, then you have to be prepared. So are you going to sit in that room and be a sitting duck? Or are you going to be prepared to, you know, um, commit some act of violence against him or her uh, to save your life. Mm -hmm. And then once the event is over, we have to let people know that when you exit a building that has just gone through an active shooter event, you need to expose yourself to the police appropriately um, so that they don't think that you are the shooter. Mm -hmm. Hands up making sure that they can see you and that we don't have another tragedy occur just because um, you ran out of the building screaming and they, they think you're acting like a crazy person. And so they don't know if you're the shooter, make sure that you exit 
um, appropriately. That's why you see most of the the crowds um, exit with their hands up, even children, um, mm-hmm. so that they can see you. Gotcha. And um, so we mm-hmm. go through all of that. And then our final training would be um, the stop the bleed. And that's after the event. That is to render first aid to anyone who has um, unfortunately been shot. Mm-hmm. And so this is to save their lives. And so we want to get give uh, everyone the best opportunity to survive the active shooter event. Very good. So do you provide exercises to improve our, our awareness, such as what if scenarios? Do you provide that? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we have lots of, um, you know, exercises and videos that show mm-hmm. real life situations. I mean, things that you do every day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, Ladies go to the gas station or to the ATM. You know, we don't recommend you going at night. Um, you know, ladies will sometimes go to the gas station and leave the the um, gas pumping and walk That's in right. the store yes. and yes. leave their car unlocked. Mm-hmm. And so we give scenarios where the bad guy can just slip inside your car. And so when you mm-hmm. take off, yes. he's already there. That's and right. so... Um, we have to start thinking about some of the habits that we already have and that are bad ones and we need to pay attention. And so we give some scenarios in parking garages and uh, running on the greenway. There's been a multitude of women that have been attacked on greenways. And there was some in Washington, DC, mm-hmm. you know, because that's a place that is very, it gets remote, right? Because yes. you're um, in the woods, nobody can see you. And so, and they know that. Um, so we kind of give some real life and situations, and then we do go back to workplace, um, leaving the workplace, securing workplace. And also we, um, talk about terminating employees because we know that that is a big, um, trigger for violence. Mm -hmm. My goodness. Um, it sounds like, like a lot of it, Michelle is common sense, you know, a lot of it. And I would say maybe uh, sharpening your intuition. You, you think intuition plays into this? Yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I I think it goes back to um, the denial aspect that yes. I think that people get those feelings about others mm-hmm. and they just don't act on it. Um, I don't know if you've read the The Gift of Fear that really spoke to me. That was a really great book. Um, and it talks about a lot of different scenarios. But as a mother and at having a child in business as well, it talked about this adult person that was trying to make a relationship with her 13-year-old. And, you know, his dad had just died. And at first she didn't think it was funny. But then her intuition told her that, no, this isn't right. And finally just put a stop to it. And then found out later um, from her son that he had been showing him inappropriate things, talking Mm -hmm. about inappropriate things. and, And she caught it. And so, you know, that mother used her intuition to stop something Mm -hmm. bad from happening. And Mm -hmm. I do believe that people have that in them, that they look at people and go, why does that guy have guns? Why is he loading them in and out of his car? Why Mm -hmm. is he doing that? Um, And they just don't act on it. They don't report it. They don't want to get involved. You know, Mm -hmm. in this case, it was her own child. And so she felt compelled, you Mm -hmm. know, but Mm -hmm. if it's not within our own family, people don't feel compelled to get involved. That's true. That's true. 
as you speak, I, I'm I'm rem remembering uh, when I was 10 years old, Michelle, let me just briefly mention this. I, I grew up out on a farm. My dad was a viticulturist. He grew wine grapes and uh, always out on the farm. Uh, and he always had people working for him and that sort of thing. And there was one fellow, uh, and I was 10 years old. And uh, number one, I, I, I always, you know, observed people. And this fellow here, I, I just didn't like the way he looked, to be honest with you. I really didn't. Uh, he had a certain way or air about him, you know, and and he asked me for some help. Uh, I say I lost this out here. Uh, can you can you come with me to help me find this item? I forget what it was he mentioned. So here I go, but I stayed my distance, uh, probably a good ten feet away, behind him, and just watching him, you know, see where he's going. And sure, I'm me, I'm ready to help. Um, always willing to help out in the farm. And uh, it was so insistent, you know, waving, come on, come on, come on, you know. So I uh, I, uh, I decided, I stopped following him, and I decided, no, that just doesn't feel right. So I turned around and just left him alone. And, and I think about this as an adult. I, I'm almost 100% he was a pedophile. And Right. Um, and so, so you, you were using your intuition. I was, yeah. And uh, it is uh, yeah, those feelings that just things don't add up, you know, is that certain feeling. And uh, so I um, I don't know if you want to call it street smarts or whatever, but I was always uh, very observant as to what was going around me as a kid, as a, I mean, even younger than 10 years old. But at any rate, that's, uh, I can relate to that intuition. I mean, it's, it's important to have and to, and to listen to it. I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you speak to uh, site security assessment. What, what, what does that entail, Michelle? So our site security assessments, um, they cover um, different areas. So you have your environmental security. So we look at um, your perimeter security, your landscaping, your, um, mm -hmm. your lighting, and and different aspects of the building itself and so to try to see if you've got um a good line of sight you know mm -hmm. that's nothing impeding your line of sight regarding your cameras and other things that you have in place sometimes mm -hmm. you have to remove landscaping sometimes you have to increase lighting and and so we look at those security gaps we look at um, physical security um, so whether you have uh, doors and locks in the appropriate places and so we went to a college that they didn't have locking doors so mm. if a bad guy got in the building they couldn't even secure their students inside the room let alone anywhere else oh, mm. and so we also um take a look at um your um the layering of the different the different security um, we want to, you know, we look at the, like your access security controls, um, mm -hmm. cameras, um, so your electronic security. So we want, uh, you know, everybody thinks that cameras are really great, which they are. Cameras are great, um, but they're not going to be preventative unless you have somebody actively monitoring them. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of security, but you need to have those other things in place. And so, um, you know, an access security is also good, but the other thing that can, um, you know, impede that effectiveness is if your people don't know the procedures and the protocols. So mm -hmm. um, we call, um, some of the things that happen like piggybacking um if say a 
a gentleman comes up and he's got his arms full of boxes and he walks up behind somebody mm-hmm. and says, Hey, could you hold the door for me? This is an access control door. And if that, that individual opens the door for them and holds the door open for them without thinking, just being polite, right? Just being mm-hmm. polite. Mm-hmm. You just let the bad guy in the building. Oh, okay. No. And they know that. Yeah. And so in the South, we're extremely polite and this is what oh, we do. And yeah. we can catch people doing this all the time. So then your access security controls didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we would go over your procedural security, which covers all of your um, security and your safety plans. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's good to be kind, but I mean, <laughs> don't, don't, don't let it get the, the best of you, right? I mean, uh, you got to, right. got to be aware. My gosh. Um, you did touch on your, your courses. Any more you want to talk to us about your courses? Um, well, we do have, um, so the a live active shooter training okay. um, is available online or in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that that is the during the active shooter event, you know, how to how to respond um, during the event. And then we also have the stop it, stop the bleed. Now that is a, a rendering first aid. We like it to be in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we would have, um, you know, kind of some hands on, we like to keep the classes small to about 10 per instructor so that everybody can get a chance to, um, to do the first aid, but we can also do it on zoom, you know, and give those, um, kind of instructions and how to do those things sure. and see, and that would be better than nothing, you know, in the, in the army, we, we learn basic first aid and it's good for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then of course the situational awareness is a course that, our company wrote and produced and and we have it online we Mm -hmm. can also do it in person if um, an organization wants to request us to come to them we could do that as well but we would offer that online um, for convenience for anyone who would like to take it but it's good for everyone it's Mm -hmm. not just for um, corporations schools churches it's for anyone who wants to be situationally aware Mm -hmm. do you provide any certification on any of these courses Incidentally, um, so the, a live active shooter has oh. been around for much longer. And ah, your okay. organization, if they require the um, active shooter type training, and mm-hmm. and sometimes your state requires it as well, you can get some credits for that. And in fact, they're in California, mm-hmm. um, that group. Mm-hmm. And um, for the situational awareness, it is so new. We just launched it. Um, we are going to apply for um, CEU credits. Ah, so yeah. um, you can either um, go through your organization to see if it is an acceptable course. We will, um, if you are with a large organization, mm-hmm. we are um, happy to talk with you and let you pilot the course and uh, see how great and wonderful it is. And then mm-hmm. you can uh, pitch it to your organization um, to allow for certain credits for your organization, because a lot of times organizations make those decisions, yes. you know, on the um, education credits. Right. So if they make the decision, then um, it's all good to go with that organization. Otherwise we're going through um, the proper channels to get uh, international uh, credits for the course. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, that's great, uh, Michelle. How can my audience reach out to you and, and, and learn and, and uh, apply for some of these courses? So our website is www.hedgesecuritysolutions.com. And you can find out all the information about what we do in the courses that we offer. Um, You can reach out to me directly. Um, I'm Michelle Cummings. My 
Phone number is 256-656-4967. I am available at michelle at hedgesecuritysolutions.com. You can also reach Daniel Dean, who is our lead security manager, and mm-hmm. he is at 256 337 Three six five nine, and um, his email is dan at hedgesecuritysolutions.com. That's great. I'll make sure to put your link in the show notes. Uh, and uh, I've enjoyed myself. I really did. I always enjoyed talking to a tough girl. And uh, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and uh, you're you're in Alabama, are you? Yes, we're in yeah. Alabama. Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear Alabama. Yes, <laughs> yes indeed. Well, but I th- grew up in Southern California, yeah, yeah, so well, that's well, kind of well, gone. That was a long time ago. Well, has it been? Okay. Well, uh, yeah, well, don't lose the accent. I, I always love dialects and accents. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed myself, and I wish you the very best, Michelle. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. And um, to the audience, get situationally aware, okay? It, it just for your own benefit. We have to stop the violence. Thank you for listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. We hope you will join us in supporting home and family through your monetary funding. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.